There is an end coming. It's not going to go on like this forever. Our present state's not destined to go around the sun like this a whole lot longer. There's an end coming. Bible said that heaven and earth shall pass away. It's going to happen. You might as well get ready. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a dark thing for the church when the end comes. Because when the end comes, that's really our beginning. Bible said heaven and earth are going to pass away, but he said, my word shall not pass away. There's something we're going to be able to stand on in the darkest hour. In the most difficult days of the world, there's something that we can put our faith in, and there, there's something we can put our trust in, that good word of the Lord. I, I'm thankful that I've got a, a remedy today for the end of the world, that I don't have to worry about death and destruction. I, I know how to get up and get out of here. I, I've got it figured out. I, I thank God that, that, that I know how to be counted among the number uh, that the saints go marching in. Uh, at the end of the world, I'm telling you, I want to be on the right side of the matter. I don't want to be found on the other side, but I, I want to be found on the right side uh, at the end of it all. There's an end coming. You might as well go ahead and get ready for it. You might as well go ahead and make your mind up that I'm going to get prepared for this. Uh, this is important, what's going on. Uh, this end of the world business. Uh, I want to be right, and I want to be ready. Jesus said, so shall it be at the end of the world. When he got through speaking on the parables, Jesus said to them, uh, verse 51, Jesus said, uh, have ye understood all these things. It's just plain English. He says, do you understand what I'm telling you? Do you get this? Because we don't want to play with this. This ain't playing games time. We want to make sure that you understand what Jesus has been saying. Have you understood all these things? And their response, uh, they said unto him, yea, Lord. In other words, uh, we understand uh, that there's an end coming. We understand that it's a very real thing that you've been talking to us about. For the entirety of Matthew chapter 13, uh, Jesus spends uh, his words uh, trying to get them ready uh, for that moment when the end uh, shall come. He's telling us uh, you can be ready when the end gets here. But he's also telling us not everybody's going to be ready. When the end gets here, Jesus begins to talk to us. He, he goes out and he, he, he's teaching and he, he teaches in parables and he, he, he talks about the sower that sows the seed in the very beginning of Matthew 13. And he, he mentions the sower that sows the seed, but the seed falls by the wayside. And he, he mentions the sower that sows the seed and some falls on the stony ground and some the, the, the seed springs forth, but but thorns come and choke out the, 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 the crop. But then he said there's some seed that it falls in the good ground. He said that's where you want to be. To be right at the end, you want to make sure the soul's right, that you can receive the word of God. Not only do you hear it, but you fall in love with it. You respond to it. 
He said, those that the seed falls by the wayside. He said, these are those that when they hear the word of the kingdom, but they understand it not. They come and they hear. They got ears to hear, but they got no comprehension. They sit amongst us. They hear the same preaching, but they don't have any understanding of what's going on. I just heard a pastor say not too long ago, he was talking to me, and he said, had a couple come for several years, and they've been in church for several years now, and uh, all of a sudden, one Sunday, they meet with him, and they say, Pastor, you know what? We're leaving. This is our last service. And he said, what's going on? This is out of the blue. What happened? He, and the, the man responded. He said, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm hearing it, but I don't understand it. I want to hear the Word of God. But I want to lift my hands and pray, God, give me some understanding. I don't want to just hear preaching about Jesus. I want to understand who Jesus is. I want to know who Jesus is. I want to know what it takes to be saved. I don't want to just hear the plan of salvation. I want to understand how this baptism works. I want to understand how this blood thing works. I want to understand. That's why one of the psalmists said, I want to understand thy ways. I, I want to understand all I can about Jesus. And for me to be right at the end, I've got to have more than just a, 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 a vast knowledge of what I've heard. I've got to have some understanding. I want to understand this. You can get, I'm telling you, uh, there is nothing in this book that is beyond your comprehension. You hear me? It, it's not like the... The famous evangelical said it's, it's a mystery and it's always going to be a mystery. No, 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 no. You can understand it if you want to understand it. You get the Holy Ghost. The Bible said the spirit of truth, uh, it'll lead you in all truth. Uh, hey, I'm telling you, uh, if you don't understand what's going on, uh, you need to pray that God's going to give you some understanding. Uh, I'm talking about how to be right at the end of the world. Uh, and for me to be right, uh, I've got to understand some things about this book. Uh, I've got to understand some things about God. He said, then there's those that the seed falls in stony places. He said, that's the one that receiveth, uh, that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Man, they hear it, and they love what they hear. And not only do they love what they hear, they receiveth it. Man, that's, 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 that's us. That's how I was when I got to church. When I came, the first thing I thought was, I ain't never heard nothing like this. Never heard preaching like this. Never heard a message like this. And I received it. And the second thing that I got is that I ain't never felt nothing like this. Never heard this and never felt this. But I'm telling you, with joy, I received it. Just like when you heard it, with joy, it did something to you. Uh, that's why the Bible talks of the Holy Ghost being righteousness, peace, and joy that comes with the Holy Ghost. Uh, hey, I'm telling the Holy Ghost, uh, it'll put some joy inside of you. Uh, and the Bible, Jesus is teaching, uh, there are those that hear the word, uh, they receive the word, uh, they have joy. And then, he says, yet hath he not root. In himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth, they got to pay attention here, because of 
the word. Now, that's so contrary to what I think. If I'm going to get hurt, I think I'm going to get hurt out there. If I'm going to be offended, I'm going to get offended by something out there. But Jesus said there are those that get the joy, that they get the word. But now all of a sudden they love this and they endure it for a while. They make it a year or two years or ten years. But all of a sudden one day they find themselves in church and something comes across the pulpit. And it said by and by they are offended. Talking about how to be right at the end of the world. That's why the scripture said, blessed is he that loved thy law and nothing shall offend them. Hey, I'm telling you. That book right there behind that, that pulpit, this Bible right here, uh, I love this Word of God right here. I'm telling you, uh, I, don't, I don't know about anybody else, but, but I fell in love with this book right here. I, I love the bread of life. I love breaking the bread of life. I, I love reading the bread of life. I'm telling you, I love this. There's some joy in this book. But just like there's some joy in this book, there are some things in this book that are so sharp, they will cut you to the quick. I mean, they will slice you up and down. They will. There's some hard things in here. There's some rough things in here. I, I'm just going to be transparent. There are some things in this book that I don't particularly like, but I love it. Because it's God's Word. And if God wrote it, I'm not going to be offended by it. Even when it rubs me the wrong way, even when it, it points out my hypocrisy, even, even when it finds me in fault, uh, even when it identifies my sin, uh, even when it, it, it finds me, uh, I, I'm not going to get offended by this uh, because I know this word right here uh, is trying to get me right uh, so that the end of the world comes. Uh, I'm going to find myself with my hands in the air. And, uh, I'm going to find myself with my, my voice lifted up. Uh, hey, I'm telling you, I'm not looking to get offended. Uh, I, I'm not trying to criticize everything that comes across the pulpit, trying to find fault with every word that's preached. I'm not looking to get offended. I'm looking to get right. I'm looking to get closer to God. Hey, I'm telling you, when somebody preaches something to me and I know it's hitting home, I don't want to hit back. I want to receive it. God, you work on me. I want to be right. I don't want to be lost at the end of the world. I want to make it at the end. He said, there's some. He said, there's some. He said, the, the, it springs up and thorns come out and choke the word. He said, he, said, he said, what happens? They receive the word. They receive it. He said, but what happens is that the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. And the Bible said this about that person. It said, he becometh unfruitful. He becometh unfruitful. Didn't say he was unfruitful. He was fruitful at one time, but the cares of the world got a hold of him, and now he becometh unfruitful. Jesus is saying very pointedly, very plainly, that you can be right today and you can be wrong tomorrow if you don't guard yourself. 
Just because you're right right now doesn't mean you're going to be right next week if you don't maintain some things. Yeah, we, we know we've seen it happen. We've seen people that, that love God, love truth, but the cares of the world. Get on them, and I got to do this, and I got to do that, and, uh, and, and I got to do this so I can buy this, and I got to do that so I can have this. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, someone that used to be fruitful, their, their praise used to be fruitful, and their, their prayer life used to be fruitful. Uh, all of a sudden, they becometh unfruitful. Jesus is saying, all right, now, have you, you understand this. At the end of the world, you want to be on the right side. You want to be like that seed that falls in the good ground, in the good soil, that when it springs forth, it brings up 40-fold and 60-fold. You want to be that kind of soul. I'm telling you, I made my mind. I want to be right. I don't want to get left behind. I want to be right. He goes on. He says, there's a man that has a field. He said that while the master of the field slept, he said the adversary came in, and he sowed tares among the wheat. And they came to him, and they said, you're not going to believe what happened. Somebody came in last night, and they, they sowed tares among all the wheat. said, oh, we need to tear them up, and we need, to, we need to rip them out. And the master said, oh, no, 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 no. If you do that, he said, you'll destroy the good also. He said, I'll tell you what we do. He said, we're going to let them grow together until harvest. And at harvest time. We'll gather the tares together, and we'll bundle them together. We'll, we'll, we'll burn them, but, but the wheat, we'll put it in the barn. He, he said there's going to be, the, you, you know, I, I was talking to somebody about this, and they, they said the thing that is so interesting about this, he said that there, there's not a lot of visual difference between the wheat and the tare as they grow up together. Got the same look. Got the same movements. When the winds blow, they both have the same movements. When God moves the wheat and the tares, they, they look just alike. You can't tell the one from the other. They're indistinguishable until one thing happens, until harvest happens. Whenever harvest happens, that wheat pregnant with the harvest begins to bow down under the weight and the burden of the harvest. But the tear stands up in defiance. Stand up. I refuse to be bowed. I refuse to bow down. I'm telling you, when revival really gets here, we find out who's got a burden and who doesn't have a burden. We find out the ones that get under the burden. I'm going to bend my knee and I'm going to submit myself. I'm going to humble myself under the mighty hand of God. We find out those that are submitted and those that stand in defiance. Hey, I'm telling Jesus is saying uh, that if you want to be right at the end of the world, uh, it doesn't matter how you look all the time, uh, but what matters uh, is that when revival gets here, uh, that I find you, uh, there's something inside of you uh, that causes you to bend down with a burden. At the end of the world, at the end of it all, he goes on, he's, he several more parables here. He talks about the man that sows the mustard seed in his field. And he said, the mustard seed is the least of these, but it grows up to be the greatest of herbs. He said, it grows into a mighty tree that the birds of the air come and they, they rest there in the mustard seed, the tree that springs forth out of the mustard seed. And I was thinking about it. We, we talk about mustard seed faith and faith as the grain of a mustard seed. We know all that. That's small. But when I read this, it, 
I, I read that you could sow the mustard seed. And they say that it will lie dormant for years until the temperature gets just right. The mustard seed won't grow in a cold environment, won't grow in freezing temperatures, won't grow even in cool temperatures. The soul's got to reach a certain temperature before the mustard seed can ever spring forth. At the end of the world, if I'm going to be right, I need to be planted in the right environment, not a cold church, not a dead church, not a dry church, not a frigid church. I need to be in a church that's got some fire still. Church where somebody's still putting logs on the fire. Somebody's still fanning the flames. That we're going to have revival. That we're doing everything we can to make sure our environment is right. Hey, I thank God for what we feel when we come in here on a Tuesday night. That you can still lift your hands and you can feel the presence of Almighty God. I'm telling you, you're in the right environment. That you can make it at the end of the world. You're in the right place. You can make it in this environment. You can pray through in this environment. You can live in this environment. This is a place where you can grow and others can come and rest. They can find rest in you. The same ones that, oh, there ain't nothing to this. Oh, but you're in the right environment. You're growing by leaps and bounds. And the same ones that said there ain't nothing to it all of a sudden. Hey, how do I get some of that? Hey, can you help me? Can you explain this to me? Can you, you talk to me about this? Thank God there's a right environment we can be in. How to make it at the end of the world. We're going to be in the right environment. He said it's, he goes, he's talking about the end of the world. And he said it's like the woman who puts a measure of leaven, the mill, and it leaven at the whole. We know we've heard it. You could preach a message on every one. I probably have. But here we are. It starts out so small, but man, it has the potential to impact so much more. That's what the Holy Ghost is. It starts out just right here. Oh, but it don't stay right here. It impact beyond this. It may start out at this altar for you, but I'm telling you that, that if you allow God, he'll take what you get at an altar. And it'll go beyond this altar. And it'll go outside the walls. And it'll go to your family. And it'll go to your work with you. And it'll go to your, your, your job with you. I'm telling you, Jesus is telling them, you've got to get some of this. You, you need this ingredient in your life. You, you need this presence of God that expands your horizon. Horizons, and it expands your faith and it, it expands you and stretches you. You need this at the end of the world. He says, I love, I, I love this one. I'm going to read it. This is my favorite parable in all the scriptures. My favorite one. Again, kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field. That the which when a man hath found, he hideth and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath. And what's he do? He buyeth the field. I love this. I, I love the, the picture of the man that gets up and he puts his coveralls on and he gets his oxen and he gets his plow. He sets it in the field and he starts plowing the field. Here he is. He's plowing. And he gets through. He goes home, gets a bath, goes to bed. Wakes up the next day, puts his coveralls on, gets his oxen, 
he's plowing the field. It's Tuesday. Wednesday, he puts his coveralls on and plows. Thursday, he gets out there and plows. Friday, Saturday, plows. One day, he's plowing the field. How many times has he plowed this field? But one day, he plows the field. And as he's plowing, there's a... What's this? I mean, I've been by this place a couple of times. I hadn't seen this. What is this? He gets down. He gets the dirt off and the mud off. I don't know what it was. Maybe a little box. Had a little lock on it. Gets it open. And he opens it. And it's this treasure. Huh. Man. I didn't see this yesterday when I walked by this spot. I didn't see this last week or last year when I walked by this spot. But he got excited because this is what I really need in my life. I mean, I need, I've needed this for a long time. And I found this. And some people would ask the question, why in the world did God hide that from him for all that time? Here's my little take. God didn't hide the treasure from him. God hid the treasure for him. God knew when you were going to need it. Hey, I'm telling you, I've watched people that come to church and they pray and they got needs. I'm telling you, they got, they got real documentable needs. And they get in their pew and they lift their hands. God, you know where I'm at, God. You know what I need. And they leave church and they don't really have their answer. But you know what? They get up the next day and they, they put their coveralls on. They get their ox and they come back. God, here I am again. I've been praying for this. You, you know you heard me ask this. But God, I really need this. They may not get an answer, but they come back. I'm telling you, I know people have been doing it 5, 10, 15 years, praying the same prayers, but there's going to be a day coming when they got their coveralls on, they got their oxen, and they're plowing the field, and they're praying, and all of a sudden, what, what took place in Revelation 5 or 6 when it, it said the vial was full, and it, it was the prayers of the saints, and God said, I'm about to do something. I, I'm going to answer that, and I, I'm going to return this. God, I'm telling you, don't ever think that God hid from you. Don't, don't ever buy into the devil's lie that God uh, doesn't want him to be found. Uh, God didn't hide it from you. Uh, God put it in the right place uh, so that you would seek for it. Uh, and he hid it just for you uh, so that when the answer comes, uh, it's going to be right on time. Uh, it's going to be at the exact time. You don't find the treasure. By plowing one day and then calling it, a, I'm done with this. I'm talking about how to make it at the end of the world. You got, you got to keep on lifting your hands and keep on lifting your voice. Even when God doesn't respond to you, even when you don't hear the voice of God, you need to get up the next morning and you need to keep on plowing the field. I'm going to keep on doing this. I want to make it at the end of the world. I'm not stopping now. I refuse to quit now. He said, he said, the man, he finds the treasure. What's he do? He sells all that he's got. I mean, he's selling his dog. He's selling his coat. He's selling his ties. He's selling his shoes. He's selling it all. Selling his house. Everything's for sale. His Corvette, Brother Freeland's for sale. Everything. Selling out. 
And what's he buy? What's he buy? Oh, I want the treasure. Well, you can't buy the treasure. Well, that's all I want. Well, you can't buy that. The only thing you can buy is the field. You can't separate the treasure from the field that it's found in. People come and they find a treasure in this Holy Ghost. Oh, I found everything I've been looking for. Well, you're right, you have. And you found it. But you can't get just that without owning the whole field. Jesus is telling them that if you want the move of God that you love so much, you also better buy the doctrine. You better buy the worship. You better buy the prayer meetings. You better buy the holiness. You better buy the singing. You, you better buy them. I'm telling you, you can't just pick and choose where I want this, but I don't want that. No, if you want this, you got to buy the whole field. I want everything that God has in the field. We get in trouble. Churches get in trouble when they pick and choose. Well, I want this, but I don't want that. They're trying to buy the treasure without owning the field. I'm telling you, uh, I want the whole field. And while I'm here, let me just say this. You may think you have found treasure somewhere outside, and it may be a real treasure, but you better look what field the treasure's in before you look for the treasure. You better make sure you can handle the field that it comes in. I can't tell you. I, I know. I know. I, I can't believe people get caught up with it. But they do. They find these the, the, these schemes, and they, you know what, Pastor? I found a deal. This is going to help my family. I mean, this guy told me that if I give him ten thousand, he's going to give me two hundred thousand next week. I, I, all I got to do is put these little pills in my gas tank. And, oh, I'm going to get four hundred miles a gallon. Oh yeah, y'all laughing. I, I I know. I know people that have done it. Tried to sell them to me. You better watch out that the field that's found in. Because you may find the treasure, but you buy all the sin that goes with it. You buy the lack of ethics, the lack of morals that the field has in it. Jesus is telling them, he, and he's very pointed, you need to understand all this because so shall it be at the end of the world. You need to get this right that you better make sure you're in the right field and that you got the right treasure. He says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man. He seeketh goodly pearls, but when he hath found the pearl of great price, again he goes and he sells all that he has and he buyeth, purchaseth that pearl. You know, this man's looking for right stuff. He's looking for good stuff. He's not looking for junk. He's not looking for just a quick fix or just a quick hit. I mean, he is, he's looking for things that are good. And in the search for things that are good, he finds the pearl of great price. And when he does, it costs him everything to get it. I'm telling you, if you think you found the pearl of great price, but it hasn't cost you everything, it's not the right pearl. Because if you find the right thing, it'll cost you a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. And here's the kicker. That when he found it, I don't read where he got up the next morning to go look for other pearls. When you find truth, that's not the time to put your looking glasses on. 
looking somewhere else. Look at another place. Look at some. Got to be careful here. We find something worth having, but we still got our eye. I wonder if there's something better out there somewhere else. I wonder if they do it different over there. I wonder if they preach it easier over there. I wonder if they require less over there. You know, when I found this, I'm in this. I'm sold out to this right here. I'm not looking for another. I'm not looking for another way. I'm not looking for an easier way. I'm not looking for avenues that that require less of me. Uh, Jesus said, when you find it, uh, quit looking around. Get your eyes uh, on the prize. Get your eyes uh, on what you just got a hold of uh, and quit trying to look and find something uh, everywhere else. Uh, He said, you want to be right at the end of the world? Uh, That when you get a hold of truth, uh, you sell out. uh, You buy truth. uh, You refuse uh, to trade it for anything. Uh, You hold on to it. You want to be right at the end of the world. It goes on. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net cast into the sea. He said that when it bringeth forth of every kind. I mean, every kind here, all kinds is full. You know, they cast their net out. And they, the net, you know, it's not like the, the fishing rod where you fish for a certain kind of fish. That I know the this fish eats this bait. The net doesn't discriminate about what kind of fish it catches. If you're in the vicinity, the net's coming. Every kind, they got red fish and blue fish, green fish, yellow fish. They got red drums and black drums. They got crawfish and they got lobsters. They got all kinds. They got it of every kind here in the net. And they bring the net in. And when they get the net to shore, they begin to separate what's in the net. And when they separate, they don't say, okay, all the red fish over here, all the green fish over here, all the blue fish over here, all the yellow fish over here, all the crawfish over here, all the lobsters over here. No. They just separate all the good over here, all the bad over here. Well, I'm a redfish. Well, are you good or bad? Because there's good redfish and there's bad redfish. The net doesn't discriminate. But I'm telling you that when you get in, the only thing that matters is not what group I belong to. What matters is am I good or am I bad? That's the only thing that's going to matter at the end. Jesus said at the end of the world, you're going to have the dividing line. You're either going to be on this side right here or you're going to be on this side over here. There ain't nobody in the middle, one or the other. Rich, well, I'm not dividing by rich or poor. I'm not dividing by whatever kind of nationality. I'm not dividing by Hispanic and Asian. I'm dividing by, are you living right or are you not living right? Jesus is talking to his disciples that, that they got the opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, the prestige that they have, but they're not divided by disciples and non-disciples. The division happens for everybody the exact same way. Either you're going to fall on this side or you're going to fall on that side. And Jesus said, you need to be ready at the end of the world. you got to make sure at all costs that you're on the right side of the matter. 
Hey, I'm telling you, I'm almost done. Huh? But I'm telling you, uh, at the end of the world, uh, I don't want to be found lacking. Uh, I don't want to be found bitter. Uh, I don't want to be found offended. Uh, I don't want to be found backslidden. Uh, I don't want to be found with a haughty spirit. Uh, I don't want to be found with a bad spirit. Uh, at the end of the world, uh, I want to be found with praise on my lips. Uh, I want to be found with my hands lifted up. Uh, I want to be found dancing. Uh, I want to be found worshiping. Uh, I want to be found full uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I don't want to be like the five uh, that let the oil run dry. Uh, I want to be like those uh, that at all costs, uh, I'm going to be ready uh, when the trump sounds uh, and the cry goes out. Uh, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Uh, I want to be found ready. At the end of it all, I want to be found right. At all cost, at all cost. I wonder, would you stand with me tonight? Jesus, he said, in plain English, have you understood this? Do you get what I'm telling you? Do you understand what I'm trying to get? What I'm trying to say to you, you got to make sure you're right. You got to make sure you're ready, and you got to stay ready. He's told them over and over again, ready today don't mean ready tomorrow. You got to be ready in the moment, right now, right here. I want to make sure that my life's right, my spirit's right, my heart's right. At the end of the world, what if we lift our hands here tonight? Come on, we lift our hands, we lift our voice. Come on. I want to be found counted among that number. I want to be found faithful. I want to hear that voice of God. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Come on, I don't want to be on the wrong side. Come on, you wonder who I'm preaching to? I'm preaching to everybody. Everybody. I want to be found on the right side. I want to maintain this Holy Ghost that I've got. I want to maintain this measure of the Spirit of God that I've got. I want to hold on to this. Come on, does anybody feel like praying tonight? Come on, anybody feel like lifting their voice? Anybody feel like coming to these altars? Anybody feel like repenting? Anybody feel like getting it right with God? Anybody feel like praying through all over again? Anybody feel like making sure you're right? Come on, at the end of it all, at the end of it all, I want to be found faithful. Come on. Maybe on Tuesday night. Maybe on Tuesday night you can find somebody to pray with here for the next few moments. Come on, I don't know how long we'll take, but for the next few moments, maybe you can just find somebody to pray with. And Come on, let God work. Come on, let God move. Come on. Come on, somebody respond tonight. Come on, somebody respond. Come on. Come on, just respond. Come on, pray, pray, pray.
just pray. I pray. 